Gentlemen, what if I told you in May or June that as of August, with the Twins in first place by a handful of games, their best player would be Max Kepler and their best reliever would be Emilio Pagan? You know, there's poetic justice everywhere you look in life. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I don't believe in parallel universes, but that may have gave me the, the reason to start believing in them. It, it's amazing, isn't it? And, and, and you know, I remember back in 1993 when I was getting ready to, and I covered some baseball. I was getting ready to be a beat writer for the first time. I talked to like all the great baseball writers across America, and the one thing they all said is, yeah, "Every time you draw a conclusion, get ready to be wrong." And we have been wrong about Kepler. We've been wrong about, and by we, I mean me. I've been wrong about Kepler. Uh, I always was intrigued by Pagan, and then he would go into the big situations, blow it. Good Lord, he looks good right now. So we're going to get into Kepler, Emilio, the rise of Royce Lewis, why they have trouble against the Tigers, whether Buxton should come back to the center fielder. Another loaded show here. This is Chin Music. This is our baseball show at TalkNorth.com. Brandon Morton is our longtime producer. Roy Smalley, former Twins great, current Twins broadcaster. Lavelle Neal, Star Tribune columnist. I'm Jim Suhan, also from the Star Tribune. Check out all the shows at Talk North. If you find a show you like, please subscribe to your favorite podcast app. It's free. It's the easiest way to listen. Lots of good stuff on the website these days. Uh, just an alert. We're, Lavelle and I are going to do a live show Thursday night, August 24th, before a 640 home game. We're going to be on from 530 to about 630 at Glicks. Uh, I love Glicks. My band played there in July. We're going to play there again in December. Really nice people. Great setup. Short walk to the ballpark. It's going to be a blast. Come by, say hello, ask a question. Uh, if you come in and ask a question. We will give away a bobblehead to the best question. Uh, Grain Belt is sponsoring our downtime shows, and they give away merch as well. So Grain Belt, Glicks, Thursday, 5.30 to 6.30 or so. Uh, I'm giving away a bobblehead. Come out and say hello. All right, gentlemen, let's get to it. Let's start with Begon. Do we dare Do we dare dream that Emilio Begon could solve some of their late-inning problems? Let's start with Lavelle today. Well, you know, I was the one guy in town who thought uh, Pagan could be useful when things were looking bleak for him early in the season. I looked at his numbers against right-handed hitters and said, you can use him in those situations and just try to keep him out of uh, big spots. And I think right after that, they tried to use him in that Dodgers game and it ended up blowing up on, on him. I think he walked a couple of guys and gave up a long home run. Um but, you know, a little bit after that, he kind of settled it in. I guess his velocity is up, and that's given him more confidence to pump the ball into the strike zone. And he's been aggressive, and he's been getting out. So the ERA is about to drop under three, which I don't think anyone, any of us, uh, believe that was going to be possible. And when you're a reliever and you do something like that, that means you've been on a good roll because, I mean, one bad outing can skew that ERA into the stratosphere. But it hasn't happened. But I thought that he could be useful against right-handed hitters. And if you used him in the sixth, maybe the seventh inning a couple of times, uh, you can get some uh, value out of him. Um, but what's he doing? What's he, the things he's doing now is a little bit more than I uh, anticipated when I was backing him. So it's been a really good development for the Twins, especially when Jorge Lopez struggled and now he's no longer with the team. And, uh, you know, Griffith Jackson's been good for most of the season, but he's had a couple of hiccups. But Pagan is like bailing him out now when you really need it. He really is. And Lavelle, you are one of two guys that uh, thought Pagan could be uh, useful because I've been a Pagan guy for a while. I look at the stuff and I and I and I've said, you know, a lot of times I, I just don't understand why he's getting knocked around. But, you know, with that stuff that he's got. But I think it's because he needs to become uh, more of a high fastball 
split finger throwing guy. And he's for whatever reason, I mean, the guy throws 97 with carry on the fastball. I, I mean, he can pitch upstairs. And, it, and you see in this league now with guys, you know, with an awful lot less velocity and an awful lot less carry that are, that are pitching up in the zone. And once he found that he could get both right-handers and left-handers out up in the zone, then all of a sudden, I think you're right, LaBelle, the confidence, you can see the confidence because he's just throwing it in there now. And, and as long as he stays up in the zone, it messes with hitters' heads. It gets him ahead in the count. It makes him less um, nibbly. I think he was really concerned. He didn't, want to throw, he didn't really want to throw the ball over the plate. And now I think he's, he's saying, here, hit this. Here, try to yep. hit this. Here, I got, a, I got a breaking ball. Try to hit that. You know, and it's, it's, made a, it's made a world of difference. Just the one, and I think just the one thing, throwing high fastballs for him has turned him around. I couldn't be happier for the guy. Yeah, and he's had a great attitude throughout. Uh, he's a very likable, engaging guy. It's really fun to see guys like that succeed. And by the way, I thought he had value. I just wasn't sure if the eighth inning was going to be the right place for him. I thought he could pitch. He'd be your sixth inning guy. Now he's might be your eighth inning guy. That's that's what's really changed is the ability to trust him. Um, I know, think Brandon. Really, of us four, I think Brandon's the only guy who gave up on that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Nobody, nobody wants to go back. Nobody wants to be wrong. But I, I I'll uh, I'll tell you. Speaking of him being a nice guy, I was in somewhere last year i don't know what it was with the club with cleveland or something do i was somewhere doing doing a game a series of games and he came up to me i'd never i had never really spoken to him much at all and and i, I don't think i maybe i'd even met him and he came up to me and he said hey i heard what you said about me on television because i i, I had talked about it i just think I, I think this guy if he does this and this i think he's got good stuff he said i, I heard what you all that what you said and I just want to tell you, I really, I really appreciate it. That was, I, I really do appreciate it. And um, you know, he didn't have to do that. I mean, he really, he really didn't. So, uh, I, I, I like the guy a lot uh, just because of what you said, because he's had such a good attitude through some tough times. And I, I'm just really happy for him. Okay, now let's break down the other amazing comeback. Uh, I'm not now with Pagan. I thought he would. The stuff was so good that he, he was still useful in certain roles. Um, Kepler, I was right. This is where I'm not going to, you know, nobody can accuse me of revisionist history here. I wanted Kepler gone, uh, not for any personal reason. I have nothing against the man individual. I just was tired of seeing those at bats, and I didn't think he had enough value as a player when you had Walner crushing your triple A. turns out now Walner and Kepler are two of the big reasons they're succeeding. Um, so I was done with Kepler. And now he's he looks fantastic. He looks absolutely fantastic. Uh, Roy, break down what he's doing different or better as a hitter. Well, I I talked about it uh, a couple of weeks ago when he yep. started, or you know, and 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 he, he's still doing this. He is striding uh, square to the line of flight of the ball, square to the pitcher's mound, rather than diving in at it with his front leg. He starts open, and he always ends up had ended up closed and and striding in and I I was just convinced that after seeing him miss so many fastballs from right-handers that you know I just can't figure this out he's got too much talent I mean when he he hits he hits line drives like one irons and and I mean there that talent did not go away Lavelle why don't you jump in you know um I was in your group there Jimmy uh 
I I actually wrote a column saying that the, the Twins need to cut bait with with uh, Kepler. And it was just a soft contact that was killing me. I didn't know why he couldn't screw up a pitch. I think Roy was very eloquent in trying to explain um, the corner to Kepler's turn. He's turned a big one because I think his batting average was headed to like 190. It may have been below that yep. for a little bit. And uh, it just I, he just looked like an easy out. He looked uncompetitive. He just looked overmatched. Um, and for what was at stake with the Twins, I was like, you know, Larnick was hitting well at the time. And Walner definitely was hitting well. Um, so I was advocating for one of those two to come up and play right field for the Twins. Um, but he's turned things around. Uh, it sounds like, you know, they had a discussion with him along the way and it, he took it to heart and then made some adjustments. Uh, but now, you know, Rockwell's batting him third in the lineup at times, you know, um, and who knew that? So as much as I am, I'm in, I told you so mode about Pagan. I'm also flogging myself for uh, giving up a Max Kepler. So I'm probably going to have to write an apology column uh, before it's over here. Uh, well, hey, that's, here. The, that's the Patrick Royce template. Hey, if I'm yeah. wrong, I get two columns out of it. That's right. He's he gets the he gets the most use out of his words, man. If his words turn against him, he'll just say, "Hey, I was wrong. You were right. Uh, here's 18 inches. Thank you very much." <laughs> oh man, yeah. Hey, but I'm gonna send out a plug here. By the way, I, I said the other day at the press box, Star Tribune covers the Twins like nobody else. The other day in the press box, it was me sitting next to Royce, sitting next to Bobby Nightingale. Junior, well, in the back row, as I said, the closer was in the back in case we need to call him in. Uh, and just talking <laughs> baseball with you, talking baseball with you guys is just a freaking blast. It's almost as good as this show. And by the way, if you haven't read Bobby Nightingale, I uh, highly recommend he's worth the price of the subscription to start to be. Please check him out. Uh, he between he, Phil and having a bunch of former baseball writers as columnists of the paper, we get after that team. And uh, I highly recommend reading us down the stretch especially Bobby and Phil, who are there every day. Yeah, we uh, need, by the way, we need this team to go to the World Series because uh, our special sections would be awesome. No doubt about it. By the way, we're coming. This chin music is coming to you from the Aquarius Home Services studio. Thanks to Aquarius Home Services. Thanks to All Energy Solar. Thanks to Grain Belt. Thanks to Glicks. Thanks to our newest sponsor at uh, Chin Music and across the Talk North platform, Caldera Lab. If you use Caldera Lab products, basically men's facial products, Use the, use the promo code CHIN in honor of CHIN Music, and you'll get 20% off. That's the best deal you'll get on their stuff. I'll tell you more about them later. Uh, let's, let's move on to another topic. Do you have a grand theory as to why the Twins struggled against the Tigers this year, Lavelle? Um, it just seemed like, well, it's just a combination of factors. Um, Detroit would get hot against them, and the Twins' bats would go cold. How many times did you look so anemic at the plate against them? They would throw and they would the, the Tigers would throw some nondescript lefties out there and they would like go five shutout innings or five innings of one run ball against. Them. And I'm like, man, you know, this doesn't make any sense. Uh, I know they're playing a little bit better on the A.J. Hinch. Um, Spencer Torkelson feels like he's got like 30 homers against the Twins this year alone. And these things happen in baseball um, when you run up to a team that regardless of the difference in, in, in record, that they're just. They're just playing you tough. And I don't know what happened at the beginning. The Tigers got some momentum playing against the Twins. And they continue to keep the offense at bay. They play great defense. And the Twins couldn't deal with it. It, it, it reminds me years ago, the, the White Sox uh, were an inferior team. They beat up on the Rangers. And the Rangers found out, they realized they were like 3-8 and eight against the, 
the White Sox the previous year, and it cost them like the division title. So the next time the White Sox came to town, they had socket to the Sox night and gave away like three socks to the fans and they're waving them and screaming obscenities at the, at the White Sox for ruining their season last year. Maybe they got to come up with some sort of um, retaliatory uh, giveaway next year to uh, to deal with this uh, Tigers team. I believe it was eight and five against them during the regular season. Here's my pet theory. I know, listen, in baseball, when you lose, there are a million different reasons. There are all kind of, Every pitch can change the course of a game. So it's never a simple explanation. But what I saw was I saw young Tigers hitters feeling incredibly comfortable in the batter's box. And I think because Twins pitchers don't fear that lineup, they don't pitch them inside the way they would the Yankees or the Red Sox or a good veteran hitter that they know they need to keep honest. So what did we see? We saw young Tigers hitters, guys who are going good and guys who aren't, just completely relaxed in the batter's box, in part because they know the game doesn't mean anything to them. They're just playing for stats or whatever right now. And taking just these comfortable swings, I think that uh, they should have started off every series with the Tigers this year, buzzing, hey, chin music, uh, pitching up <laughs> under the chin, backing guys off the plate, making them feel a little uncomfortable because they look like they were taking batting practice. You know, that's a good point, too. And especially when they're like reaching out over the plate and pulling pictures away, that means, um, you know, they're, they're not worried about getting busted inside that much. And uh, that could have been a strategy the Twins could have used maybe just to put it in their heads that they may get pitched a little tough, tougher than they expected. And that could have changed the outcome of some of these games because uh, it it looked strange. It looked like the Tigers were definitely a superior team. And, um, you know, I, I just think about some of the, the pitcher performances they threw at the Twins, too, um, factored in uh, because uh, – and I know the Twins' offense has been hot and cold, but it seems like they've been at their coldest when they face the Tigers. And no doubt about it. Hey, uh, we are coming to you from the Aquarius Home Services Studios – here is more about Aquarius Home Services. Scott, for Aquarius Home Services, between the heat waves and poor air quality, have you noticed how much time we're spending indoors this summer? It can make you wonder about your home's air quality. Good news, Aquarius is providing a free indoor air purification system with the purchase of a new AC and furnace system. Remove and reduce allergens, mold, and even viruses. Amazing indoor air is just a click away at AquariusHomeServices.com. Aquarius, earning the right to be recommended. I also want to tell you about Caldera Lab. Let me make sure I get it right. C-A-L-D-E-R-A Lab, L-A-B, calderalab.com. Go to calderalab.com. Use the promo code CHIN. You'll get 20% off their products. It's the best deal you'll find anywhere. I'm using them, and they're doing wonders for my complexion. And listen, I have an old beat-up face. I'm not going to suddenly look like George Clooney, but the good thing is my face actually feels better. I know there's a joke in there someplace. There's a joke in there someplace. I know that. I'm putting myself out there. But it just calms down my skin. And, you know, everybody brushes their teeth every day, right? So why not uh, just buy their product, put it next on your sink, next to your toothbrush, and right after you brush your teeth, put this stuff on your skin. It's going to smooth things out. It's going to make it look better. It's going to make it feel better. It's going to cut down on things like blackheads and breakouts. Uh, listen, we know that first impressions matter. And if you're not taking care of your skin, that's going to be the first thing someone notices. And they're either instantly even think that you're way older than you are. You just don't care about your parents. Show them that you do and make a great first impression with Caldera Lab. Again, calderalab.com, promo code CHIN, 20% off. It's a great deal. I uh, also want to tell you about All Energy Solar, longtime sponsor. All Energy Solar panel installations are done right and made easy thanks to more than 14 years of experience in Minnesota and beyond. All Energy Solar is ready to take any solar project 
from design to installation and everything in between. Find out more about going solar at allenergysolar.com slash coach. Uh, or just find out more about what all, what solar can do for you in either your home or business by going to allenergysolar.com. Once again, thanks to Grain Belt. Once again, thanks to Glix for hosting us Thursday night, August 24th, 530, right before the Twins game. Lavelle and I will be there, and we will give away a bobblehead. Come out and see us. All right. And uh, that's that's before the Rangers game, too. So that's, that's before the be Rangers big, game. Yes. Day, yeah. that, will, that will be a big game. Two, two uh, contenders. That's going to be a lot of fun. Um, could we be seeing the last month and a half of or two months of Jorge Polanco? Is there a place for him as Royce Lewis settles in and Brooks Lee gets ready to come up? Yeah, I've been thinking about that lately, Jim. Um, and it's not I don't want to say it's Polanco's fault. The last couple of years, he's no. been really hit hard by injuries. Um, uh, and it was it's the first years he's been injured. He had stayed off the injury list until last year uh, throughout his career. Um, he's a switch hitter. Uh, he, I still think he takes competent at bats. I know the walk rate's not that high, but he seems to hang in there and extend bats and see a lot of pitches and puts the ball in play. So, and he's steady at second. You know, he was a shortstop, moved over to second. He definitely has the range and the arm to play an effective second base. But, you know, you, you got this log jam that's popping up here uh, eventually because you've got Brooks Lee at AAA. You got Austin Martin at AAA. You got Royce Lewis at third. You got Julian, who needs to work on, he needs to work on his fielding. But he's a second baseman. Um, so there's going to be options here for the Twins and cheaper options and options that are under control for a few years that the, the Twins may seriously consider uh, when putting together next year's uh, uh, lineup. I I wish there was a way they can keep Orhe around, but I, I'm thinking they're going to make a tough decision here. Uh, Kepler's you know, option needs to be picked up. I don't think they're going to pick that one up because they've got Warner and Larnick. And the same thing may happen with uh, Polanco here. Um, in the infield because they got a bunch of young guys and they got guys with talent. Royce Lewis needs to play. Brooks Lee's probably going to need to play when he gets up here. And he's a switcher to like Polanco. You know, the signs are pointing here to the Twins uh, parting ways. And not because they're disgruntled with how he's playing. It's just because they got other younger, cheaper options who may have a little more upside. That's true. The only, And the only regret I would have about that is that Jorge was the guy who, no matter what they asked him to do, no matter where they asked him to play, he just went and played, even when he was hurt. Uh, you know, he, he he's a natural. He came up as a shortstop, settled in the second base, and you know if they needed a shortstop, they played him at short. If they needed a third baseman, they played him at third. Uh, he he was just willing to do anything. Um, he's not the most you know talkative guy in the world, but he is the most will. He's on a team that seems okay with taking days off. Jorge Polanco, I think, is the guy who would do anything to get in the lineup. And the thing about Orhe too, is that if he is available, the line of suitors would be a, a long one. I think a lot of teams like to have someone like Polanco on their team. So he will not be hurting for interested parties um, if he if he hits the market. So um, and that will be a reflection of the player years. They're going to see that uh, he moved to second with no problem. They're going to see that he played third with no problem before Royce Lewis came back. Well, those are all tools in his toolbox. And those are all positive reflections on his mentality as a player so um it's gonna be a very interesting offseason offseason in that regard i still think they're gonna let go of kepler but i kind of wish they could figure out a way to hold on to orhe the thing we need to bring up jim is that maybe we didn't need to sign correa back <laughs> i know isn't that amazing uh you know i mean he hasn't produced this year uh he's, he's nope. still had a wonderful year in the field he's been an excellent fielder 
but yes, yeah, yeah, but but and that's the thing. If they could have bridged the gap till Royce is ready, or they just need the thing is that what they really need is Cray on another one year deal, and that wasn't going to happen. Right, it wasn't. It wasn't, and you know you had Kyle Farmer around too because he signed before Correa. Right, he's going to be the starter, but he said he kind of had an inkling that he was still sniffing around Correa, so he was prepared to be a utility guy if needed. Uh, so, but you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. We we, I think the twin side, and we all thought that Correa was not going to have the same season he had last year. Although he wasn't bad, uh, he just had a horrible July. I think I want to say that's right. when I ripped. I think it was after uh, July when he hit like one eighty. Um, but no one expected this this year. And no, no and when I were realizing that they had some guys in the farm system, I just think if they hadn't traded steer and Encarnacion strand, what it would look like. So, um, well, I mean, hindsight's 2020, you can't go back and undo contracts, but they may have been able to get by this year without Carlos Correa. <laughs> and one of the reasons they were willing to trade strand and, uh, and, uh, steer is because, uh, and Carnation Strand and Steer is because they knew Brooks Lee was coming and they knew that Austin Martin was still a prospect and that Royce Lewis was coming and that Julian was coming. So, and, and here's the thing if you want to rip the Twins for making trades at last year's trading deadline and you want to rip them for spending a lot of money on Carlos Correa when maybe they could have gotten by without him, then be consistent. You know, don't, don't accuse them of not being aggressive and not making big trades and not spending money and then rip them when they do spend money and make big trades. Uh, they have, this front office has been very aggressive with contracts, with contract offers, with trades. And guess what? You're not going to bat a thousand. You're just not. Uh, there was logic behind making a move last year. It didn't work out. And there was logic in signing Correa back. And I think, you know, listen, this could be his only bad year as a twin. He could end up being great the rest of his contract. Uh, and he's been an excellent defender and he still is very much a leader. So, um, and with Correa, that means if you, you know, you might be able to trade one of these infielders for a, maybe an eighth inning guy or maybe another quality starting pitcher. So it's good. It's a good thing to have all these bad players, but this leads into the last discussion of today. You know, you could see them managing having extra bats next year. If Buxton's in center field, what you can't imagine is Buxton being a DH again and then managing all these extra batters. Uh, by the way, if, if Kepler keeps swinging like this, they're going to keep them. They're not going to – Larnick hasn't proven enough for them to get rid of, of Kepler if Kepler's playing like an all-star. Uh, but Larnick, but really, Larnick really dropped off here in the last month. Yeah, and he just hasn't done – I like him, but he just hasn't done enough to force their hand while Kepler is forcing their hand. So Buxton's out. He's not close to coming back. I believe that Buxton needs to come back as a center fielder this year. Uh, I am getting an inkling that the twins might be thinking along those lines as well. What are you hearing? Um, I'm hearing that they, they really want the DH to be available on a daily basis yep. for Rocco to get different bats in the lineup as necessary. Um, when he could put Julian in a DH and have Polanco at second base and things like that. So I think they want that flexibility. And to me, if Buxton cannot play center field when he comes back in September, then you shut him down for the rest of the season and, and go without him because uh, you've waited, you've gone five months um, with, with Buxton at DH has not worked out. He's not hitting like a DH. He's not taking well to the DH role. I think his mind is not clear when he gets to the plate because it's all he's doing. He's not adding defense uh, to his, his toolbox to help this team win. He probably still has not found a routine in between innings. 
that would make him comfortable and keep him uh, sharp. So I think there's some factors going on here. But uh, if he could come back and play some center field, then I'm fine with him in the lineup. And I wouldn't be surprised if he does well. But if he can't, then we have to consider shutting him down. And if there's anything wrong with that knee and he needs knee surgery and he can't play center, have the surgery now. <laughs> Get it over with. And let's start looking ahead to 2024 with him being the starting center fielder. And, and the thing about Buxton is I know fans get frustrated with the injuries. I never blame a player for getting hurt. Uh, I do. What concerns me about Byron is that we keep on having years where we go, okay, next year he's going to have a full healthy offseason. Therefore, he's going to come into spring training ready to play, and then he's going to have a good year next year. And then it's always something isn't still right. And that's, you know, it's your entire job to be, you got to be available, uh, whether it's the, whether it's the people around you, whether it's trainers, whether it's twins trainers, whether it's your personal people you work with, you gotta you gotta do whatever it takes to be ready to perform for a full season, and we just aren't seeing it. Yeah, you know, and maybe Bucks needs to watch the the Netflix series The Quarterback and see yeah. the people that visit Kirk Cousins, Cousins on a weekly basis to keep him calibrated enough to play football, and maybe needs to hire some of those people for him. Uh, to, to keep him on the field. And, and the Twins fans are probably beaten up over this because they went to this to an extent with Maurer. With Maurer, it was like, yep. if he has a healthy offseason, he'll come back. You know, he'll be great. Um, then you have another setback and another setback. And um, I'm actually writing about this for Sunday. Saturday is a 10-year anniversary of when he got the Ike Davis fastball in his mask that altered his career, you know? And something like that you can't explain. You can't anticipate. You can't blame him for it. And well, plus, we're not in our bodies either. We don't know what they're going through. But those things just kind of pop, add up, add up, add up. And now there's Buxton who just signed a contract and, you know, all eyes are, are on him now to be a five, two player and he can't do it. So he cannot come back and take over the DH spot. He just can't. The DH spot cannot be hijacked by Byron Buxton when he gets back. And what I worry about with Buxton is that, you know, you know, you talked about the documentary quarterback and you, you're right. Cousins has a team of people who keep them put together, and that's the way to go. Uh, it's a great investment for your team. It's a great investment for your personal career. Here's the other thing you could learn from the quarterback. Patrick Mahomes does not have, like, a Marty Cordova-type body. He's not just, like, Mr. Abs. He's not ripped. He doesn't look like a, a power lifter. What he does, though, you look at those workouts, those are all workouts designed to do to allow him to do exactly what he wants to do on the football field. They're not for looks. Right. They're not for measurables. They are specifically specific to his skill and his athletic ability. He needs to be a great quarterback. And I think Byron needs to stop being a track star and do workouts that are baseball oriented. So maybe he needs to. Well, if you want to talk about an offensive standpoint, maybe he needs to hang out with Nelson Cruz during the offseason. Right. Go down to his compound. Because yeah. if you watch his workouts, uh, uh, Nelson does. Uh, workouts specifically that gears him to get in the bat through the zone as fast as possible, keeping yep. his swing short and being explosive. And maybe that's the type of stuff Buck needs to look into. And you're right. He's always going to see his track culture in the offseason. So he, can get he doesn't need to be faster. Back. He needs to stay no. healthy and he needs to shorten his swing. Because he's such a great athlete. He can hit with a long swing. Not many people can. If he shortened that swing, I mean, look out, man. Absolutely. And I still I still think, you know, he should be a mini Eric Davis in, in terms yeah. of offensive potential. Um, that's the guy I always compared him to. A want, I wanted to see him become um, 
you know, but he's not going to hit 37 homers and still 50 bases. Although you can kind of, he could, you could if he were healthy, he could do that. If he were healthy, he could do that. Yeah, he could, he could, but now maybe you have to treat him like old Eric Davis who hit like 28 homers and drove in 90 runs (laughs) later in his career. At this point, man, you take it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Hey, good stuff from Lavelle. Lavelle and I will be talking again at Blicks Thursday night, August 24th, before the Rangers play the big game against the Twins. Uh, again, I love Blicks. Great place for my band. Great place for a podcast. Stop by, say hello, uh, win a bobblehead, have a beer, and we'll see you then.